Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, the road to Miami and the Super Bowl runs through Green Bay. A record-setting day for the Green Bay Packers in Chicago at Soldier Field against the playoff-bound Bears. Green Bay with 14 fourth-quarter points to secure a 35-16 win. Welcome to Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella, Windows and Doors, replace now and get three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik. We'll be joined by... John Kuhn of the Packers Radio Network can take your calls until 9 o'clock at 855-616-1620. Before we get to your thoughts and John's, we will step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 35-16 the final. Green Bay improves to 13-3 and on the season. More importantly, they locked down the number one seed in the NFC. And it turns out they needed to win this game. Seattle was able to get by the 49ers out west, and they were knocking on the door to be the number one seed had the Packers stumbled. Thankfully, that did not happen. And Green Bay will watch Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. And we welcome in John Kuhn. John, it's a very satisfying win, I'm sure. Uh, we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty of how it became a 35-16 to 16 win. Uh, but nonetheless, the, the Packers do what they need to do. They put away a lesser team. Never felt like this game was out of control for the Packers, though it did appear as if the Bears had control of the football for longer than perhaps we were comfortable with. But nonetheless, convincing win. Yeah, I, I, I actually will throw a little bit of credit to the Chicago Bears. I thought their game plan and execution offensively was on point for you know the first two and a half to three quarters of that game. Possess the football, grind it out, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, run the football, don't let Mitch Trubisky make the big mistake. And they did that for the most part of those first three quarters. You did have the fumble by Cole Komet. Um, and you did have uh, the one period where their defense came to play two and slowed down the Packers' offense there at the start of the third quarter. But I never really got worried, I'll be honest with you, Greg. It never really seemed like uh, that Matt Nagy felt comfortable enough to put the ball in Mitch Trubisky's hands and say, go win this football game. The number of fourth and shorts that they had to overcome and, and convert, and then finally you saw the one where he had to you know, finally... Mitch, go out there, throw the football. It just, it didn't look comfortable for them. It looked like it was going to have to be a perfect ball game for them to be able to just keep the game close, and that's why the Packers were able to run away with well, it. Well, and to your point, John, the Bears ran 30 more plays on offense than the Packers did, but only outgained them by 40 yards. I mean, this was a dink and dunk fest. And when Mitch Trubisky had to finally throw the football after the Packers had that long fourth quarter touchdown drive, he couldn't do it. Right? Anything over 10 yards in the air was a complete adventure for Trubisky. 
And that's why I give them credit, right? Because for about two and a half, three quarters, they did it perfectly. They kept the score low enough that they could continue to run the football. They could continue to possess the ball, the clock, and uh, everything that keeps the Packers' offense off the field. But once it got to the point where the Packers broke it open, then you knew it was over. Because once you try and come back, you can't use that dink and dunk style. you got to air it out some, and that's not what they're designed to do. Well, Chicago made things interesting in the fourth quarter. It was 21-16, to 16, and really it was an effective game of keep away. But this is what number, C- number one seeds do. They ride their stars to a seven-and-a-half-minute touchdown drive that eats up 12 plays and 76 yards. That, in effect, was the game, John. And it was really Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones. I know Alan Lazard got in the mix there, but this was really the stars of the Packers' offense putting this one away. Yeah, and you knew at some point in time Devontae was sitting there with two catches midway through to the end of the third quarter. You know at some point in time you're going to go to him. That's been Aaron Rodgers' you know, number one target all season long. Anytime you need to make a play, you just look Devontae's way, and yeah, that's, that's what he did there in the fourth quarter on that drive. Aaron Jones, not a blowout game, but enough tough, gritty yards, enough broken tackles to, to keep the ball moving, to keep the chains moving, and to keep that offense efficient throughout the fourth quarter. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. Greg Matzik along with John Kuhn. We'll take your calls until 9 o'clock. So the other big storyline going into the game was the absence of David Bakhtiari. He is done for the season with a knee injury. So the the shuffling on the offensive line continues, John. I, I don't know if there will be a better front four in the playoffs than what Chicago had today. They were fully healthy with their front line with Khalil Mack and uh, Akeem Nix back. The Rams are pretty good. The Buccaneers did a number on the Packers earlier this season. But you want to have your all-pro left tackle in there. I get it. But this was a pretty good test uh, in in what you might see come playoff time with a a good front four in Chicago. Yeah, and I thought the offensive line played well. You had the one sack on Aaron Rodgers a couple times. Um, Quinn got in there, made made a little bit of a move, and, and, and disrupted the pocket. So those are some things that they can work on going forward. But you, you said it. That's a good front seven for the Chicago Bears. Roquan Smith going out hurt them quite a bit uh, throughout the remainder of that game after he left because of his shoulder injury. But it, when this offensive line, when the weapons get up front and, and, and they can shuffle them around, they get a full week's work, they're only going to be even better than what they were here today. Let's go to the phone, shall we? We begin with Bart in Weston, Wisconsin. You are on Packers OT. Hello, Bart. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks. You, you um, hey, uh, just perfect timing. My comment was about the O-line. Uh, Rogers was Rogers, Adams, Adams, Jones, Jones. Valdez, Scantling, well, yeah, half and half as we are used to. But that line was, was dominant without Bakhtiari. And, and I don't know if you saw the game early, but Hicks took a cheap shot at Patrick. And I think that motivated him. And if you watch, especially near the end of the game, the big drives, Patrick handled him one-to-one. The, the run by Jones for the touchdown just handled him. Jones cut right off his backside. And and this is probably the deepest, best offensive line I can remember in a long time. So, yeah, they gave up a sack. Yeah, um, you know, they had one holding penalty. But against that defense, um, yeah, the stars were there. But this offensive line is really a solid group that has the potential to take them deep. Yeah, and I'll go to 4.2 yards per carry to John and say that's winning football on the painted dirt at Soldier Field, which you are very familiar with, especially playing in the month of January. Uh, 4.2 a carry is solid. I, and really, I, there were not a lot of attempts uh, early on. Again, it was kind of a game of keep away here, but 
I, I know it felt like the Bears maybe had more control on the ground game, but in terms of yards per carry, it was three and a half for Chicago, four point two for uh, for the Packers. Yeah, and I never really thought the Bears' offense was dynamic. They were chugging along. They were doing the old school three yards at a time, three times four makes twelve, and that's what they were doing. They did have four fourth down conversions because they were fourth and inches, and they were able to that's extend the clock and extend the series and and keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. But our our running backs did what they were supposed to do today. They were they took what was blocked up for them. They they made a couple guys miss. They broke a couple tackles and they got some more yards on their own. I'm I'm really happy with our offensive weapon situation heading into the playoffs right now. Marquez Valdez-Scantling with another big play. He did have a drop. Uh, He's working on it. But this is a guy that, man, he can stretch the field for you. Robert Tanya with his 11th touchdown this season, the three-headed monster in the backfield, and then Devontae Adams. This is a good amount of weapons for Aaron Rodgers to be dealing with going into the uh, postseason. Yeah, and to your point, it was kind of a quiet day for Adams uh, until that late touchdown and I feel like there was a concerted effort to get him the ball and oh, maybe yeah. establish a record or two today, and uh, which he did. He tied Sterling Sharp's receiving touchdown record with 18, which is uh, completely remarkable. Uh, but MVS hadn't had a catch, I think, in three weeks. And Matt LaFleur was lauding his blocking ability, which maintains uh, his position on the field at, at times where he's not getting the ball. But it does underscore, oh, yeah, you can't forget about that guy. Oh, you can't forget about this guy either. Like, there could be quiet moments but when MVS is lined up in the slot on a linebacker, good night. I mean, that is over. That, that is not going to be won by the defense. And and that's the key to Aaron Rodgers and, and the, the magic he's been working this year. He ran that play clock down to zero. The Bears tried to disguise the coverage. They were selling out on the blitz, and Aaron just waited until they tipped their hand. And once they did, he was able to find the open receiver. And when that open receiver is Marquez Valdez-Scantling matched up, usually against anybody, but especially a linebacker, he's going to get behind him. You brought up something interesting there. I want to ask you more about it. So there has been... You know, criticisms and people wondering why the Packers on offense run the play clock down to near zero before snapping the ball. What is a common theme in those instances, do you believe? Or is it case by case? Well, I think Aaron Rodgers is using the full play clock to gather information, right? He's working his cadence. Maybe he gets a guy to jump off sides. They get a free play. You know how great he's been at that. But he's also gathering information from safety rotation, guys tilting uh, their hips at the line of scrimmage to let him know they're either really going to rush or they're going to drop into coverage. Every little bit of information that you can get before the snap serves you well because it's a little cheat sheet to what you're going to do after the snap. And, you know, he's been brilliant this year, not just throwing the football. He's been brilliant making sure this offense is in the correct play for the defense that it's facing on any specific play. I think that is why, as much as anything, he's the MVP of the NFL this season. And to your point about MVS, you had a long touchdown reception, 72-yarder, as the Packers' offense was really in a groove in that second quarter. And then in the third quarter, the first drive, first opportunity for the Packers out of the tunnel, and uh, it's a similar play. Dial up MVS, he's got a step and a half, and then drops the football. Unfortunately, the Packers had to punt, and in their third quarter very much stalled, unable to generate much on offense. But this is the show, right? This this is the show. I think if we've learned anything about MVS, it's he's a good blocker, he is an explosive playmaker, and occasionally he's going to put the football on the carpet. And, and unfortunately, it, it came in that third quarter. didn't cost the Packers, 
but you can't forget about his speed and playmaking ability to be in that position to be open. He's just got to make that play. Yeah, so I'm watching defenses, and they're all deciding to do the same thing. Instead of really respect his speed, they they like to you know chance it. They like to roll the dice and say, well, it's... 50-50 that he's going to come up with this. Well, today it was exactly 50-50. He came up with a 72-yarder for a touchdown, and he had a drop. I think once the playoffs come around, defenses are going to play air a little bit more on the side of caution when it comes to MVS because a big play then could be a disaster. So that'll just open up the field a little bit more for Devontae Adams on his side. So looking at the way the playoffs line up, uh, the Packers will get to wait and figure out their opponents, I, I think. I'm guessing here what the folks in the desert might do over the next several days, but if the favored teams all win, it's very possible the Packers could begin the playoffs against Tampa Bay in Green Bay in what would be a rematch of a game, a lopsided affair earlier this year in Tampa Bay. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, John. But that would certainly be a juicy storyline game. Yeah, I don't see the Bears going into New Orleans and winning. I don't see the Rams, especially with Jared Goff nicked up, going up to Seattle and winning, although they're more than capable of doing that. We've seen them push Seattle to the brink and even come away with wins. That's a nice little intra-division rivalry going on in that game. We'll see how Jared Goff's thumb and health uh, progresses throughout the course of this week. And Tampa, it doesn't matter if it's Washington. It doesn't matter if it's the Giants. Do we fear them losing to either one? of those teams i don't i think it's going to be probably those four green bay new orleans seattle tampa they're in the second round and they've been the four best teams in the nfc all year i would not be surprised if that's the way it wound up playing out well the giants did get to tom brady earlier this year and uh, handed the buccaneers a loss one of the reasons why they're a wild card team uh, instead of a division winning team so uh any team that can apply adequate pressure on tom brady it certainly does make things interesting as well, he's just not terribly mobile. 35-16, the final. The Packers emerged with a convincing win over the Chicago Bears, improving to 13-3, and the second consecutive 13-3 and season for Matt LaFleur. Only this year, they didn't lay an egg in the final game of the regular season, John. They came out and did exactly what they had to do uh, in locking down the top seed, getting that first round by, Something Aaron Rodgers has called for that he's never had the opportunity to do is play an NFC Championship game at Lambeau. Well, here it is. The the potential is there, and uh, it's everything that I think this team wanted at the start of the season. Greg, I I really think last year, as I watched that NFC Championship game, the feel, the mood, the energy would have been completely different if they could have gotten San Francisco to come to them to play that NFC Championship game. I think the Packers have felt that. I think they've believed that. I think they've lived that for a year that's been on the back of their mind and, and in their hearts that they don't want that to happen again. That's why they played this season out the way they did, and that's why they're the one seed. I, I really do like their chances going forward. All right, let's get you caught up on everything else that has happened here in Week 17 of the NFL season. There is a night game just about to get underway between Washington and Philadelphia. More on the playoff implications with that game in just a moment. Let's begin in New Orleans, shall we? I'm sorry, Carolina, where New Orleans entered the day with an outside shot at being the number one seed in the NFC. Three's under center. 
Montgomery, the lane tailback. Brees fakes the handoff, looks to throw over the middle. Touchdown! Emmanuel Sanders over the middle off the play fake, and the Saints convert the turnover into a touchdown to take a 13-7 lead with 8-12 to play here in the first half. One of two touchdowns on the day for Drew Brees, Zach Strife, and Deuce McAllister with the call. WWL Radio, the flagship for the New Orleans Saints. Saints defense picks off Teddy Bridgewater twice in a 33-7 win. New Orleans enters the postseason as the number two seed in the NFC. They will host the Bears next weekend. That's because the Rams were able to get by Arizona 18-7. The Cardinals' season is over. The Seattle Seahawks will be the number three seed following a 26-23 win over the 49ers. Seattle will host the Rams next weekend. The number four seed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball wide over receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Flag thrown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of two touchdowns on the day for Antonio Brown. Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, TJ Reeves with the call on the Buccaneers radio network. 44-27 the final. The Buccaneers eased by the Falcons. However, they lose starting wide receiver Mike Evans to an awkward-looking leg injury. Status of that injury is yet to be determined. The Buccaneers' first-round playoff opponent also to be determined. It could be the New York Giants. Play fake to Morris. Jones throws it left. He completes it. Diving for the end zone of the pylon is Shepard. Is he in? Touchdown, Giants! He was wide open in the left flat. Shepard's second touchdown of the game. One of two on the day for Sterling Shepard. Bob Papa, Carl Banks, and Howard Cross to call in the New York Giants radio network. Cowboys had a chance to take the lead in the final minute. Andy Dalton was intercepted in the end zone. Cowboys season is over. 23-19 the final. The Giants will win the NFC East division with a Washington loss to Philadelphia. That game just about to get underway. Washington will take the division with a win. Elsewhere around the league today, Patriots over the Jets 28-14. The Vikings top the Lions 37-35. The Browns are going to the playoffs for the first time in several years. 24-22 the victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the Ravens all over the Bengals 38-3. Boy, who wants to play the Buffalo Bills right now? 56-26 the final. The Bills emerged with a 30-point victory over the Miami Dolphins. The Tennessee Titans lock up. The division with a 41-38 victory over the Houston Texans. Also today, the Chargers down the Patrick Mahomes-less Chiefs, 38-21. Kansas City owns a first-round bye. They will watch next week in the playoffs. Big day for former Wisconsin Badgers running back Jonathan Taylor. 30 carries, 253 yards, and two touchdowns. The Colts top the Jaguars 28-14. It was the Raiders over the Broncos 32-31. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Lazard in motion to the right. Rodgers under center. Fakes the handoff to Jones. Rodgers looking. Throws. End zone. Late. Got it. Touchdown. Robert Tunyon. His 11th touchdown reception of the season. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. One of four touchdown passes on the day for Aaron Rodgers and a 35-16 win over the Chicago Bears. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn with you, 855-616-1620. And, uh, John, it was a great day from... Those who uh, hail from Indiana State University, Robert Tunyon and Dominique Daphne, who uh, by the result of his Wikipedia page is a tight end. I I know you'd like to look at him differently. 
Yeah, I'm claiming him as a fullback. He wears a fullback's number. He gets in the eye. He lead blocks. Uh, he makes sweet little touchdown catches, and then he makes the tackle on the ensuing kickoff. I'm claiming him as a fullback. I don't care what Tom Crabtree has to say. Uh, that was classic John Kuhn, was it not? Score a touchdown, then make a tackle on. Well, I'm not going to say somebody's classic me. I won't say that. That is just that. That's classic grinder. That's classic grit. That's exactly what that guy's all about. And that's why I'm going to claim him as a fullback. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look back at the record books here, but I, I don't know if there's ever been a day in NFL history in which two players from Indiana State caught a touchdown on the same day for the same team. I don't think that's ever happened before. History. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know they had a football team. I thought they were just basketball with Larry Bird. I'll oh, well. be dead honest <laughs> with you. And now we now we just have guys catching touchdowns all over the place. Well, we love to see it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us. On the program, Brian is in Illinois, joining us on Packers OT. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great win tonight. You bet. Um, so my question is that if the Bears do win their first playoff game, which I believe is against the Saints, they will play the Packers um, for sure. Um, would we, and I know that players don't typically sit around and hope that somebody wins. You know, they just play who they, they have to play. But, would we rather? I mean, I, I get a little nervous about playing them again for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I live in Illinois. But um, I uh, I would rather play a team like Tampa Bay or a warm weather team to have them come to Lambeau Field than I would want to see the Bears again for a third matchup. Again, I know players don't think about that kind of stuff. They just play who's coming up next. Um, you know, it's just kind of that like playing a team, trying to beat a team three times in a season. I know it's been done before. We did it to the Buccaneers in 1997. You beat them three times. But, um, you know, just want to know your guys' thoughts on that, I guess. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, uh, Brian. Yeah, what is the psychology in the locker room, John, as you assess uh, the playoff teams? You've been there before. Well, I'll say a couple things. Number one, if he thinks players aren't sitting back hoping for certain teams to win so they can play an opponent that they think they'd match up better against, he's crazy. We absolutely sit back and root for certain teams to win. And sometimes we're wrong about the teams that we should be matching up against. I can remember 2007. We were sitting at home, and we had the uh, NFC Championship game uh, to be played the next week, and we were watching the Dallas Cowboys take on the Giants. And we had played both those teams early in the season. The Cowboys stumped us down in Dallas and we handled the Giants pretty easily at MetLife Stadium, well, back then the Meadowlands, and we were rooting for the Giants to win the football game. So we got the Giants to win. We felt pretty good about ourselves, and then they came up to Lambeau Field and took it to us. Now, I, would, I wouldn't imagine the Packers for one second are sitting back there not hoping the Chicago Bears beat the New Orleans Saints because they match up so good against them. Mitch Trubisky, you're not worried about, and that would mean you don't have to face Tampa Bay, like you said earlier, Greg. I think that's a far reach. I think that's a stretch to think that Chicago at 8-8 eight and eight can go down to New Orleans and beat them in the Dome. But if Alvin Kamara doesn't come back, if Latavius Murray isn't back, who really knows? I mean, I, it, this is the NFL and crazy things happen. I'll go a step further than that, John. There might be some members of the Packers getting home tonight, flipping on Sunday night football, hoping the Eagles knock off Washington. That would set up a Giants-Tampa Bay matchup in week one of the playoffs. And the Giants can get after the quarterback, and they did against Tom Brady in the Meadowlands not too long ago. So if you're looking to repeat history, maybe the Giants are best equipped to knock off Tampa Bay or at least beat them up a little bit before a week two in the playoff matchup.
Yeah, and I see Tampa Bay as a team that they they didn't really get their bearings until later here in the season. They had a couple good wins early, a couple bad losses early, stalled out midway, and then they kind of got humming there the second you know quarter of the season, kind of you know weeks. 14 on. I thought they've been playing good football these these last few weeks. Now, Washington has a great defensive line, too. If you think it's just getting after the quarterback and, and getting after Tom Brady, making them uncomfortable, both the Giants and the, and the uh, football team have that, and they can put that on Tom Brady. I just, man, that's, that's a tough ass to think one of those teams are going to beat them. It's a record-setting day at Lambeau Field. We'll dive through some of the numbers on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Trubisky back to throw, steps up, hit and sacked. Oh, it was Christian Kirksey blitzing in from the near side of the defense, right side of the offense, and he gets the sack. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT on the Packers Radio Network, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Replace now and get three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn with you, recapping the Packers' 35-16 win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, John, it was a record-setting day at Soldier Field. 48 touchdown passes on the season for Aaron Rodgers. That's tied for fifth most in a season in NFL history. It's also a new franchise mark for the Packers. Devontae Adams in just 13 and a half games, mind you. 18 touchdown catches. That ties Sterling Sharp's franchise record. He also eclipses Sharp's mark for most receptions in Packers history. Aaron Rodgers didn't quite outdo himself in terms of quarterback rating for a complete season. But 121.5 is just off the charts, and his 70.7 completion percentage, the best in his career this season, I think will amount to an MVP for Aaron Rodgers. Anybody who has nearly approached 50 touchdown passes has earned that award, and it's hard to see a four-touchdown performance and a near-perfect passer rating in a win to lock up the number one seed, preventing Aaron Rodgers from winning a third MVP. I'm blown away by how his rating is a point less than 2011. He had more touchdowns, less interceptions, a higher completion percentage, and his rating is one point less than what it was then. It's still an unbelievable season. You're talking about a quarterback who now owns the two, the two highest quarterback ratings ever in a football season in Aaron Rodgers. It's truly spectacular. It seems like the last month of the season, it's been nothing but milestones between him and Devontae Adams here, and it's just really been fun to watch. What a magical season by Matt LaFleur's offense this season. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we'll take your calls until 9 o'clock. Let's go out to Idaho. Hi, Jack. You're on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. Hi, Greg, and hi, John. I'll be brief, but I do have a couple of comments. First, I loved the play call on the Adams touchdown. Uh, Bears thinking the, probably the Packers are going to run, run the ball and run down the clock, and, and that's playing to win. I love that. Also loved when Mitchie threw the pick to uh, Amos. And don't forget, um, Amos had an uh, interception to end the uh, the opener last season in Chicago. But my main question for you is special teams. Um, act To be candid, they've done little to help the team all season long. They've hurt the team, uh, such as Austin's fumble today and all the touchdown returns they've allowed. What are your thoughts about special teams coordinator Sean Menenga? Uh, you know, it was also a perfect season for Mason Crosby, right? I mean, there, there's, there's a mixed bag here, I think, on special teams. It, it does appear, John... 
as if there's something, something with each game that you look at and say, oh, yeah, you can't afford to do that come playoff time. That's something today was a Tavon Austin fumble. It has been in weeks past a, a blocked extra point or a missed extra point, a blocked kick, returns that have gone a little bit too far. I, I, it's not a polished product. There always seems to be one thing that, that stands out in a given game. Yeah, and it's starting to make you a little bit nervous you know, with playoff football here around the corner because it's okay to have you know a block field goal, and uh, even though it was called back against the Tennessee Titans because you're you're running away with that football game, it's okay to have a dropped uh, fumble in this game against the Bears because you end up blowing them out. But it's not okay for your team dynamic for your chemistry because if you're in a close ball game and one of those things happen, and and I'll take it a step further, it's not okay when teams feel like they can kick it and make. You return the ball, and they return the ball every single time because they believe your special teams is not where it needs to be. It's not up to par. So something that the Packers need to really address going forward. I like Sean Manega. He comes from a good tree there, the Dave Tobe tree um, for special teams coaches, but there he's just not getting the right play out of his players this year. And whether that's because uh, COVID creates different challenges and the roster's been so mixed bag, different players each and every week, it's hard to get into a flow. It's hard to get these guys in their assignments properly. They need to be able to fix that here come playoff time. I, I guess I struggle with, you know, where you draw the line and and you say, oh, that that's a coaching thing that that needs to get tightened up, or hey, that's a guy just trying to make a play and the ball popped free. I mean, I, I can't hang a, a Tavon Austin fumble on Sean Menenga. I think he's the right guy to have back there. Uh, he was making a play to try and get into space and get more yards, and the ball got popped free. Uh, I, when I look at at return units. I, I feel like, I don't know, coaching has a significant role in that, John, just because it's not practiced throughout the week. I, how do you view this as a guy who has played special teams before? Well, there's two sides of coaching, right? It's making sure that you have the right guys out there, number one. And, you know, you, you got to figure out what each set of skills is for each individual player. And especially in the coverage units, you got to have some guys that are willing to just go out there with their hair on fire, get down there. We've seen two punts this year go back for touchdowns, and a number of kickoffs get returned for big games. So um, I loved what Daphne did today. We've been seeing that in spurts here the second half of the season, guys making some big plays inside the 25-yard line. But it's it's not consistent enough to scare these teams away from making the decision to bring the ball out of the end zone and take on the Green Bay Packers special teams head on. Fumbles, thats you can't put that on the coach. Uh, unless the guys are completely carrying the ball uh, out of control, you can't put that on the coach. Darius Shepard's fumble, Tavon Austin's fumble, both of those were hits right onto the ball. You'd love to see them um, holding it with two hands, but that was just a good play by the defense. 35-16, the final. The Packers emerged with a victory today. It looked like Green Bay was really going to run away with this thing, having scored touchdowns on uh, three of its four first possessions. Uh, 21-point second quarter was remarkable. It was a game of keep-away, by and large, for the Bears today. Uh, more time of possession, 11 minutes plus over the Packers in today's game. They ran 30 more plays on offense. Packers just far more efficient, John. A number that really stands out. Red zone. The Packers were four and four in the red zone and scoring touchdowns. The Bears one for five. I, they were settling for field goals all the way up until a fourth and one in the red zone, in which they decided to go for it and sent Mitch Trubisky back to pass. So maybe a time they should have settled for a field goal in this particular game. But the the feeling was trading field goals for touchdowns is no way to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That ultimately proved to be true. 
Yeah, not even close to the right way. You need points when you get down there absolutely every single time because Matt LaFleur has the number one red zone offense in the NFL. I love the way that he has called games this year. He's been very aggressive. You saw that with his first drive of the game. He went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Had Devontae Adams one-on-one. They knew exactly what they were doing there. Drew the penalty. Ended up getting a touchdown out of it. And if this offense is this efficient in the playoffs, it's going to take a near-perfect game by the opposing team's offense to be able to keep pace. You better score 30, right? You better score at least 30 if you want to beat the Packers. I don't care who the team is, you better score 30. And, and and, and, And who out there is equipped to do that and in Lambeau, in the cold, in the winter. And then when you do score, you got to keep this in mind. When you score fast, Aaron Rodgers gets to come right back out on the field. So I, I do like the game plan out of Chicago today, trying to keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, trying to possess you know, the clock and possess um, pos- uh, time of possession and everything else. Unfortunately, they just don't have the firepower to be able to score when necessary. The Packers did, and you saw it in chunks today. In the Packers' final five games of this season, the most points they allowed was 24. On three occasions, they allowed 16. And against the Titans about a week ago, they allowed 14. That's and how the you... Titans <laughs> were the number one offense in the NFL when they came into Lambeau Field. They were the number one offense in the NFL, and the Packers held them to, what, 16 points? 16 points and uh, 14 points, the Titans, and 14. 16 from the Bears today. So pretty impressive. Six-game winning streak for the Packers Going into the playoffs, they'll be able to watch the games next weekend. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third and about four, snap to Rodgers, blitz on. Rodgers lofts it deep down the middle. Got a man out there. It's MVS, and he is Gone! 10-5! End zone! Touchdown! Green Bay Packers! 72 yards! This season, Sargento donates $2,000 for every touchdown to fight hunger through Touchdowns for Hunger, benefiting Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. That means a season total donation of $10,000 today. Let's see, we got to add this to the 61 touchdowns scored by the Packers going into the game. John, you want to put that Shippensburg math degree to work? It's, I think that's 122000 plus 10000 a day, $132,000? Sounds good to me, Greg. Okay, good enough. <laughs> and this is why I'm in radio, everybody. Uh, touchdowns for Hunger, the beneficiary of a $132,000 donation to fight hunger in Wisconsin. That is outstanding. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the playoffs. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn with you. 9 o'clock, we'll take your calls until 855-616-1620. Let's uh, grab another phone call here. It is Dave in Whitefish Bay. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Dave. Hey, good afternoon. Great win. Um, hard to be negative about uh, anything, but I'll, I'll try. Two things. Uh, I hope MVS doesn't fall out of uh, uh, you know, Aaron's uh, good group. And uh, it needs to be in the rotation. And also, uh, A.J. Dillon, I would have loved to have seen uh, some more of him, to, uh, him today. I think we're going to need him uh, as we uh, run for the Super Bowl. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Dave. I, I don't think that's really a negative look at things. I, I think it speaks to the depth that the Packers have where they don't need to rely on these guys week in and week out to still put up 30 on any given team. 
Yeah, and we saw it early in the season, right? It, it, we had the game, game one, Devontae Adams. Game two, Aaron Jones. Game three, Bobby Tunyon. It, it was it was week after week. It was a different guy having a phenomenal performance. You saw A.J. Dillon last week. Uh, this week, it was just Aaron Rodgers and a plethora of different people stepping up. And it, it's just amazing uh, on what we were able to do with the weaponry around Aaron Rodgers, which was supposed to be the big question mark coming into the season. We didn't get him enough weapons. We didn't get him enough weapons. Well, this is one of the greatest offensive performances in NFL history right here with this Green Bay Packer offense, and Aaron Rodgers is going to win another MVP. I think they're pretty loaded as is. Jim joins us next from Illinois. Thanks for holding, Jim. You're on Packers OT. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, first off, Happy New Year to the both of you. And uh, I'm uh, very interested in how the offensive line did such a great job against a defensive front seven that's a darn good one. And uh, you take away Austin's fumble and MV, MVS's drop TD pass, you know, it's a slaughter. But, hey, I'll take a win no matter what. And also want to thank John for having been a Packer. I enjoyed watching him play. I enjoyed listening to his sideline commentaries and also on this show. Like to congrats, give congrats to Adams and Rogers, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to have seen uh, Sterling Sharp play and Devonte play, and obviously Favre and Rogers. Greg, you stole my question earlier, but I guess it proves that great minds really think alike. My question was going to be: When was the last time two tight ends from Larry Bird University? scored a touchdown in a Packers game. And uh, I'll end this with, uh, I don't know, did Harrison get in the game or not? And uh, if not, I didn't see him, but, boy, he's got two weeks now to prepare for the uh, the next game, and I think the defense will even be better. So I'll turn it over to you guys, and, and thanks once again for such a great show. Appreciate the uh, phone call, Jim. Absolutely. Uh, point of clarification, Dominic Daphne is a uh, fullback, according to John Kuhn. He is not a tight end. Exactly. Uh, yeah. but, it, but it has never happened before, by the way, to touchdown receptions. From... Did we get verification? We're sure of that. Uh, well, Twitter says yes, so uh, it's okay, never happened good. before, so I'm just going to go <laughs> with right, that. I'm right. just going to believe in, in what I said. I forgot everything else that he said. He was Sourced, so uh Johnny Appleseed on Twitter. Okay, yeah, well, that's good <laughs> enough for me. Um, yes, impressive win for the Packers, 35-16, the final. Snacks did play, I, I don't know how many snaps he had, two or three maybe. It wasn't a, a significant package for him. I, he's a run stuffer. Right? I, I don't know how how much he has to really learn about Mike Pettin's plan. I think he will likely be in on rundowns. But I, what I think you have to remember is, and you played with the guy, Howard Green didn't do anything really for the Packers when he came over uh, in your Super Bowl year, John. But, boy, he sure made a heck of a play in the Super Bowl that helped seal a win. Uh, pick, just plowing a, a Steelers offensive lineman into Ben Roethlisberger that allowed Nick Collins to intercept a pass and return it for a touchdown. You don't have to do much in the regular season or even in the early games of the playoffs to have a lasting, impactful position on a championship team. So maybe the best is yet to come for the Packers' newest addition. 
Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of the NFL. That's the beauty of this Green Bay Packer football team. We just talked about Daphne going out and scoring a touchdown today and laying the wood on a kickoff afterwards. We talked about um, the emergence of Bobby Tunyon and, and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, what he can bring on certain plays. It, you never know who's going to be the big player at the big time. To say the least, uh, Snacks brings some depth to that defensive line, especially in the run game, and I would expect to see more of him as, as we go along in the playoffs. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We'll step aside for a quick instant replay update. A look at scores and highlights from around the league in Week 17. One playoff berth remains up for grabs in the NFC, believe it or not. The Giants remain alive after turning back the Cowboys late in the fourth. Dalton back to throw. Nobody's open. He slides to his left. Now he sidearms it into the end zone, and it's intercepted by the Giants. Picked off by Xavier McKinney. The rookie gets his first career interception and seals the deal for Big Blue with 1.15 to go. Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Howard Cross with the call on the New York Giants radio network. New York picks up a 23-19 win, and now they must wait. Should the Eagles beat Washington tonight, the Giants will win the NFC East. Washington will claim the division with a victory. They currently lead Philadelphia 3-0 in the first quarter. Winner of the NFC East faces Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in round one. Out of the timeout, third down, Tim. Shotgun set, the snap of Goodwin. Brady flushed out of the pocket, looks downfield, looks downfield, throws downfield. It is caught! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Antonio Brown! Fire the cannons! What a catch! Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore on the Buccaneers radio network. 399 yards and four touchdowns for Brady. They blow out the Falcons 44-27. to You're locked in. First round play. Playoff matchups in the NFC are the New Orleans Saints against the Chicago Bears. The Seattle Seahawks will take on the L.A. Rams. Cleveland Browns are playoff bound for the first time since 2002. He wants motion, and he gets it. And they give the ball to Landry, and he dives left side. Touchdown! Jarvis Landry takes it in. He came in motion. Right to left. Mayfield gave it to him, and Landry got hit at about the half-yard line and curled in. Jim Donovan, Doug Deacon with the call on the Browns radio network. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger did not play today. Browns pick up a 24-22 win and a wild card berth. The Steelers enter the playoffs as AFC East division champs and the number three seed. It will be Pittsburgh against Cleveland in wild card weekend. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Raiders over the Broncos 32-31. 253 yards and two touchdowns rushing for former Badgers standout Jonathan Taylor. Colts double up the Jaguars 28-14. No Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. The Chargers beat Kansas City 38-21. The Chiefs remain the number one seed in the AFC. Arizona Cardinals eliminated from postseason contention following an 18-7 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks over the 49ers, 26-23. Saints pick up a 33-7 victory over the Panthers to claim the number two seed in the NFC. Congrats to the Tennessee Titans on earning a 41-38 win over Houston and securing their AFC division. Derrick Henry eclipses the 2,000-yard mark today. Hottest team in the league, maybe the best team in the league. The Buffalo Bills improved to 13-3, and blowing out the Miami Dolphins by a score of 56-26. to It was the Ravens over the Bengals, 38-3. Vikings end the Lions season with a 37-35 win. Patriots over the Jets, 28-14. It's now 10-0 Washington over the Eagles, 2 left to go 
in the first quarter. Looking at the AFC matchups for Wild Card Weekend, it'll be Buffalo hosting Indianapolis, Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland, as I mentioned, Tennessee hosts Baltimore, Kansas City will have the bye. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Double tight ends left side of the line. Trubisky shotgun snap takes, rolls right, throws it short right side. Hits Cole Komet, and he's hitting tied up. Fumble to football, and it's scooped up by the Packers. Green Bay football to the Chicago 21. The uh, ball was recovered by Rashawn Gary, I believe. Did they whistle the play dead? That's the only question. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Uh, no field goals today by Mason Crosby. He does, however, finish the season 16 for 16. So $16,000. That donation will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn wrapping up hour number one of Packers OT, presented by Hello Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, so curiosity got the best of me, John. Uh, I went back and looked at Aaron Rodgers' numbers in 2011, the last time he was league MVP. 45 touchdown passes that particular year. Tim Mastay punted the ball 55 times. This season, Aaron Rodgers had 48 touchdown passes. J.K. Scott punted the ball 46 times. That has to be rare territory where you throw more touchdown passes than your punter punts in a full NFL season. Not just that, but when we came back, you said Mason Crosby only had to kick 16 field goals. This this team had 16 field goals, and what did you say, 48 punts on a year? That's it. 46. Everything else was a touchdown. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's unbelievable efficiency. Well, I, and to take it a step further, I, I think I was keeping count, and then I lost count. I think it was it, now 21 goal-to-goal situations for the Packers' offense have resulted in touchdowns. 21. It's unbelievable. It, the efficiency, the wherewithal of Aaron Rodgers to know exactly how to beat defenses when you get down there. Red zone... Uh, it is a very difficult part of the field to call plays because everything shrinks. The defense is much quicker to their assignments. They're much quicker to their spots. The holes to throw passes are a lot tighter. And it looks like the Green Bay Packers are more comfortable in the red zone than they are. Well, I mean, they're comfortable on the whole field. But they're, they're, they're so comfortable at the red zone, their offense. Nathaniel Hackett, I'd be surprised if teams aren't calling, um, checking him out just to see where his head's at coming in this offseason. I've been amazed that the Packers' offense, regardless of where it's positioned on the field, but the red zone thing is is truly remarkable. Just think of some of the games you played where you had to settle for field goals. You couldn't get six on the board and what that meant for the final outcome. I did a highlight earlier on the Dallas Cowboys. Boy, they were in position to beat the Giants today and keep their playoff hopes alive. In the red zone, all of a sudden, Andy Dalton takes a snack and then th- a sack and throws a terrible interception. Their red zone opportunity is turned back. They lose the game out of the playoffs. The Packers had a, let's see, after a holding call, I think they had a first and 17, first and goal from the 17, uh, and they were able to convert. This is against the best red zone defense coming into the game in the NFL. So uh, there isn't a team in the NFL that can consistently stop the Packers' offense. The times they have been stopped, it's been more self-sabotage, John. Yeah, and you talk about that Tampa Bay game, the pressure they put on the the 
the throw in the flat by Aaron Rodgers for the pick six, the bounce off of Devontae's hands for the other interception set, you know, Tampa Bay up at the one-yard line. And then when David Bakhtiari went out of that game, they had to shuffle the deck mid-game. That's a very difficult thing to do. I do. I, I look at this Green Bay Packer offense, and I just think if they continue to have the efficiency, the, uh, the, the locked-in mentality by each and one of their players, they're just playing at a different speed. It's, it's like they're out there, and, and Aaron has guys open like he hasn't before. You talked about the Dallas Cowboys, and what they did, they went shotgun, empty set, first and goal from the eight-yard line. Matt LaFleur wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. That's telling the defense that you're going to pass. He's going to keep you off balance, and his guys are going to execute what looks like could be a run, could be a pass, it could be anything. But they've very, been very successful in all facets down there in the red zone. Well, typically we have John after a road game for about an hour. There won't be any more road games for the Packers until the Super Bowl in Tampa. John, I might barter to get you back on because we love your expertise and insight, man. I appreciate you all the time. Thank you, but I'm going to enjoy freezing my tail off in the first row of the bleachers watching these home playoff games. Sounds good. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. A 21-point third quarter fuels the Packers' 35-16 win over the Chicago Bears. Both teams are playoff bound, however. The Bears squeak in as the final wild card. The Packers own the top seed of the NFC. The road to the Super Bowl runs through Green Bay. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, replace now and get three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock. Hey, light the lines here. Let's have some fun over the next hour. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, recapping not only a great season, but a fine victory at Soldier Field. We'll also look ahead to the playoffs. What could be in store for the Packers as they hope to play their final game this season in Tampa, Florida. Before we get back to your thoughts and more, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Joe has been waiting patiently in South Milwaukee. Welcome, Joe. Yeah, hello? Hey, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Greg, just let me say one thing. Thanks for taking my call. You're a dang professional. Uh, and also, pretty disappointed I didn't get into the 9 o'clock hour with John Kuhn wanted to say, absolute Packer legend, Lambo legend. So if you, if you hear from him again, say, uh, Joe from South Milwaukee says hi. You got it. A uh, couple couple nuggets for you. Uh, wanted to say first, uh, how funny is it the over-under started at 57 today, and if Jimmy Graham weren't so soft, a lot of betters would have been happy. But the same Jimmy Graham that was in Chicago was also in Green Bay because he, he's about the softest tight end i ever seen. So that was funny. Uh, i also like to say, look, uh, pardon me, a deep-down sick part of me 
was rooting for Mitch Trubisky in his game. And I'll tell you why. The best thing that could happen to the Packers for the next five years is if Chicago extends Mitch Trubisky because he ain't so good at football. Part of me was saying, I hope Mitch puts up some points today. Because let me tell you something. They passed on Patrick Mahomes, okay, Deshaun Watson, and there ain't no way uh, they take Mitch Trubisky if they didn't love his last name. They took him. I'm Listen, I'm Polish. They took him because he's Polish. Love they drafted him so we don't got to see Pat Mahomes no more ever again. And I want to say go Pack, all right? Thank you, Mr. Matic. I want to say thanks, John Cohen. We'll talk soon. Go Packers Super Bowl. Okie dokie. All right. Appreciate the phone call, Joe. Thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, try and get some sleep tonight. Um, I, I don't know what the Bears are going to do a quarterback. They were in position to even be in the playoff hunt because of Mitch Trubisky. He found a little something. Maybe credit Matt Nagy a little bit more. The Bears offense prior to this game had scored 30-plus in four straight games against lesser competition. We'll be clear about that. Uh, but his season isn't done. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the postseason with the Bears. But the game plan was pretty clear. It, it was a game of keep away. You want to beat the Packers? Keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. And the Bears did a pretty good job of doing that. The Packers were just able to just race down the field and into the end zone. There were some ball control drives by Green Bay and some quick strike, uh, quick strike ability. The Packers' first drive of the game started in the first quarter and ended in the second quarter and resulted in a touchdown. 12 plays, 80 yards, 7.5 minutes. Drive number two, three plays, 78 yards in a minute 37. That was the quick strike to MVS for a 72-yard touchdown. And then Green Bay was able to capitalize on a short field after a Cole Komet fumble, and it was a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to Dominique Daphne. So three possessions, three touchdowns for the Packers in the first half. The Bears were just playing keep away, but settling for field goals. So, I mean, at at some point it becomes a math problem. And had MVS not dropped the ball on that first down play from the 47-yard line in the second half on the Packers' first drive, I feel like this game would have been out of hand much earlier in the third quarter. Uh, instead, there were some anxious moments, I would say. When it became 21-16, to the Packers finally stepped on the gas and were able to get into the end zone again and then pick off Mitch Trubisky, get into the end zone one more time, and boom, all of a sudden it's 35-16. to But uh, to Joe's point, Aaron Rodgers was turned loose. I mean, he was Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead, be yourself, be the MVP, and get out there and win us a ball game. Mitch Trubisky can't do that. When he had to throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield, it was picked off. And that essentially ended the game. It was a dink and dunk fest, and it was working, by the way. I mean, it felt like every series, every new set of downs, it was first and 10, second and six, third and one. That's just what it felt like all game long. So, But again, the, the settling for field goals really cost the Bears today. They were 1-for-5 in the red zone. Meanwhile, the Packers were 4-for-4 in scoring touchdowns. Again, it became a math problem for the Bears today. Pretty smart offensive game plan. And by and large, pretty well executed. But when Mitch had to be a quarterback and really let it rip, that's when the Bears Packers were able to salt this game away. Let's go to Cal in Brussels. You are on Packers OT. Welcome to the program. Hi, Cal. Hey, thanks for having me. I just wanted to bring up this quick point. Uh, I think there's a huge difference in the team from last year and this year in that this year's defense seems to be a lot better with the bend, don't break mentality. They can force a lot of those field goals. 
but their offense is at another level. To me, they seem like one of the teams, one of the few teams in the playoffs that, that this year that could probably actually have a mistake or two in the game and still come out on top. So thanks for your call. Appreciate it. I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Cal. I, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top five defense. We'll have to see where the numbers end up shaking out. Um, I, I don't think they'll end up being in the top five of total defense at the end of this season, but I will say this. I think the Packers are playing their best defense of the season at the right time. And I'm looking at it from from the point production number. And that's it. Really, that's what means the most when you really get down to it. Total yards versus points. Well, give me the point total. Well, what's being done? Are teams getting into the end zone? Are they kicking field goals? What is happening here? And the Packers have allowed 16 points or less in three of its last four games. I, that's incredible. I'm sorry, four of its last five games. So it may not be a top five defense at season's end, but I think you could say the Packers' defense is playing its best football of the season, by and large, at the right time. Patrick on the D in Rockford. You are on Packers OT. Hello, Patrick. Well, thank you for taking my call. i just like to say um, it's a great day to be a Packer fan in Illinois again. And uh, I'd like to make the comment, the best coaching move I feel that LeFleur did was keeping Petten as our defensive coordinator. He's done a fantastic job. And also, in my last statement I want to make is I don't believe there's ever been a quarterback in the NFL who has been the most valuable player during the season and his team win the Super Bowl. So with that, I'd rather Aaron not be this MVP. Well, or you could defy history, right? You could defy history, Patrick. Uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. Lamar Jackson was the MVP last year, and they got beat by the Titans. Patrick Mahomes was a Super Bowl MVP as the Chiefs beat the 49ers. So yeah, we'll see what happens, of course. you got a few weeks to let things play out. Um, I, looking at the Bears' running totals today, I, it, it felt like a – this might be too strong a term, but it was more of a, a death-by-a-thousand-cuts sort of running game. 22 carries for 69 yards for David Montgomery. 3.1 a carry? I mean, that's pretty good. I, that That's solid football. Uh, the Bears ran 30 more plays than the Packers, but only outgained the Packers by 40 yards. So that just goes to show the average yards per play uh, wasn't quite double for the Packers, but it wasn't far off of that. They have a quarterback who can push the ball downfield. So Green Bay was playing everything in front of them. Uh, and there was one deep ball that was complete, and uh, I thought the receiver Mooney made a heck of a catch on it. Uh, but really, I, Mitch Trubisky's game is not going deep. So keep everything in front of you. It's going to be ball control. That's fine. Packers defense forced a lot of field goals, and the offense couldn't be stopped. You blink your eye on this team, they're going to have 21 points on the board. That's what happened in the second quarter. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's go out to the West Coast. It's Larry in California. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Larry. Hi, uh, Greg. Hey, I miss you on the other station with your power lunch show, but I'm glad I found you here at the uh, Packers overtime. So I just want to start off with that. Thank you, Larry. What's going on? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, but you know what? This is really a year that the Packers are going to win it all. Uh, Aaron has so much confidence in himself. And I can see <clears throat> when I'm watching the game and I see them trailing like I saw in tonight, they seem to know – he seems to know how to just step on the gas and be able to put, to put them through. 
And that, that, you know, that, that really, you know, makes me feel I'm, we're so lucky to have a guy like him, you know, and if he wins the second Super Bowl, yes, I am going to put him above Brett Farr because Brett only won one, but he, uh, he'll be a three-time MVP as well when it gets announced this week. And I just feel that, um, you know, I don't feel like we really have to worry if we get trailed behind because they're always, he's going to find a way to win. And that's, and they, and he's a winner, you know, he's like, He's like a LeBron, like a LeBron James, you know, in basketball. He's like uh, uh, someone as great as that that knows how to find a way to win and take it on his shoulders and be able to come through and 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 just you know bring bring everything to the table and make sure the Packers get a win. Well, and I, I that's think really what I wanted to tell you. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Larry. Appreciate your time from out west. I think he's also got a play caller who is, you know, turning him loose to some degree. And you know, I I love this play sequence. Late in the fourth quarter, the Packers are leading 28-16. Adrian Amos picks off Mitch Trubisky. It's first and 10 from the 26-yard line. It's a run play for Jamal Williams. They get six yards. Jamal runs again. Tough, hard running for 14. And then first and goal from the six, Rodgers goes to the air. And he gets Devontae Adams his 18th touchdown of the season. Now, maybe that was Aaron and Devontae saying, hey, we got to make this work, right? Let's get you that record. At least have you tie the record. But you're passing the football. Uh, this is not a just let's be content, let's run down the clock, let's no, let's let's go, let's let's put this game out of reach, not even leave it to question. I, I do believe that is more Matt Lafleur. He's going to go for it more often on fourth down than a lot of coaches in the NFL. Not every coach, but many. And the Packers have had great success, I think, on fourth down this season. And the Bears were forced into that position today and did quite well. Uh, but do you have you have an aggressive? play caller in nature in Matt LaFleur. Guys continue to be open. They continue to be open all game long. 35-16 the final. Packers improved to 13-3 and with the win. They also own the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Time to catch an instant replay update. What else is going on around the league? Week 17, a very busy one. No Thursday night football. No Monday night football. There is a Sunday night game going on. Otherwise, a full slate of games between noon and 325. We'll start in Carolina, where the Saints entered the day with an outside shot at being the number one seed in the NFC. Threes under center. Montgomery, the lane tailback. Breeze fakes the handoff, looks to throw over the middle. Touchdown! Emmanuel Sanders over the middle off the play fake, and the Saints convert the turnover into a touchdown to take a 13-7 lead with 8-12 to play here in the first half. Zach Streif, Deuce McAllister with the call. WWL Radio, the flagship station for the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans defense picks off Teddy Bridgewater twice in a 33-7 win. The Saints enter the postseason as the number two seed in the NFC. They will host the Chicago Bears next weekend. That's because the Rams were able to get by the Cardinals 18-7. The Cardinals' season is over. Seattle Seahawks will enter the NFC playoffs as the number three seed following a 26-23 win over the 49ers. Seattle will host the Rams next weekend. The number four seed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball. Wide open receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Flag thrown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of two touchdowns on the day for Antonio Brown. Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, TJ Reeves with the call on the Buccaneers radio network. 44-27 the final. Buccaneers eased by the Falcons. Tampa Bay's first-round opponent remains TBD. It could be the Giants. Play fake to Morris. 
Jones throws it left. He completes it. Diving for the end zone of the pylon is Shepard. Is he in? Touchdown, Giants. He was wide open in the left flat. Shepard's second touchdown of the game. One of two touchdowns on the afternoon for Sterling Shepard. Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Howard Cross with the call on the Giants radio network. Cowboys had a chance to take a lead in the final minute, but Andy Dalton was intercepted in the end zone. Dallas. His season is over, 23-19 the final. The Giants will win the NFC East division with a Washington loss to Philadelphia tonight. Washington currently leading Philadelphia. It is 10-7, 5.34 to go in the first half. Elsewhere around the league today, high drama around the NFL. Not so much in Foxborough where the Patriots eased by the Jets, 28-14. Not so much in Detroit where the Vikings picked up a 37-35 victory over the Lions. But in Cleveland, the Browns eked by the Steelers, 24-22. Cleveland secures its first playoff berth since 2002. They will play the Steelers in wildcard weekend. Ravens over the Bengals, 38-3. The Bills all over the Dolphins, 56-26. Buffalo 13-3 on the season. The Tennessee Titans are AFC South Division champs with a 41-38 victory over the Houston Texans. And elsewhere around the league, the Chargers over the Chiefs, 38-21. No Patrick Mahomes today for Kansas City at 14-2. They own the top seed in the AFC. Colts over the Jaguars, 28-14, 253 yards and two touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor. It was the Raiders over the Broncos by a score of 32-31. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap to Rodgers looking downfield. Has time. Throws. Middle. End zone. Wide open. Touchdown. Reception for Gaffney. The tight end. And the Packers extend to a 20-10 lead. Is he a tight end? Is he a fullback? He's Dominic Daphne from Indiana State. Today's hardest working player of the game presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Buy online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in the convenient drive-thru. You don't even need to get out of your car. Dominique Daphne, our hardest working player of the game. One reception that went for a touchdown. The very next play, he ends up making a tackle on special teams. Yeah, we could have given it to Aaron Rodgers in his four touchdowns. We could have given it to Devontae Adams, who broke and set records today. I'm going with Daphne. Dominique Daphne has stepped into a nice role for this team, and it's very important we recognize him as the hardest-working player of the day today. Dominique Daphne, the Blaine's Farm and Fleet, hardest-working player of the game today. Packers OT is presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock, 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us on the program. Bob is in Colorado, joining us in Packers OT. Hello, Bob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, I really uh, enjoyed this game, and I really appreciate you guys putting on the show afterwards. And I just want to give props to uh, Coach LaFleur. I mean, no other Packers coach has ever started two seasons and uh, won 13 games, which I think is pretty amazing. And at the same time, uh, he did it where he had to you know, basically get everybody on board. And I think he's built the chemistry of this team to – basically get us another championship. And with that said, I'll listen in on your comments. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call, Bob. And I think it's worth pointing out just one off-season program. There really wasn't any off-season program this off-season. Very compressed, no preseason. So the development of some of those younger players, it was on the fly. And maybe to some degree, it's why the Packers are playing 
their best football of the season right now, rattling off a six-game winning streak, averaging well over 30 points per game, allowing fewer than 20 points per game on average to close out the season in its final six games. So to me, that is a combo platter where it's come together here for the Packers going into the playoffs. You know, the record is equal to that of a year ago. Uh, But at this time last season, I I must admit, it, it felt to me like the 49ers were the best team in the NFC, and it didn't feel like anyone else was terribly close. They looked the part, and they proved to be the part in the NFC Championship game. This year, it's much different. I don't know a team that could stop the Packers from scoring 30. Well, they'll have to keep some teams out of the end zone uh, itself here, but the recency of the Packers' defense showing up is is at the right time. You, you like this six-game stretch. If it were weeks one through six in which this team was clicking on all cylinders versus the final six weeks of the regular season, you might think a little bit differently, but you feel like the younger players, especially Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, have, have really elevated their game at a critical component. And we've seen rookie contributions throughout the season in a variety of parts, and yeah, you might see a little bit more A.J. Dillon uh, as time goes on as well. But the Packers have options, which I think is great on offense. And defensively, they, they've settled in. Uh, time of possession stands out today. The Packers did not win time of possession. The Bears ran 30 more plays than the Packers. But Chicago just one for five in the red zone. That spelled doom on a day like today when Aaron Rodgers was pretty darn near flawless in amassing 35 points. Mike in West Virginia joins us next. We're all over the country today on Packers OT. Hello, Mike. Know that. And, you know, certainly Wayne knows that. And Larry does. Well, Mike, you got to turn your radio down. We'll keep him on the line here. Let's go to Gary in Mosinee. Gary, you're on Packers OT. Yeah, I'm really impressed with uh, Coach LaFleur today. It seems to me like there was a portion of the game when he decided, well, we're going to kind of quit throwing to, the, to Devontae and see if Brown and MBS and Lazard can carry this team. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to do the job, so then in the fourth quarter we had to go back to Devontae to uh, seal the deal here. But uh, he's looking ahead in case I think Devontae would get hurt and and these guys could step forward. You know, you know, I have to go back and watch the game, Gary, and, and see if there was something that you know, the Bears were trying to do to take Devontae Adams out of this ball game. We've seen teams try to do that, just say, we're not letting 17 beat us. We, we will let anybody else on the field receive passes from Aaron Rodgers. We'll put him in one-on-one situations, but not Devontae. We are taking him out of the equation. Easier said than done, as we have seen throughout this season. And when you get one-on-one matchups, Aaron's going to throw the ball that way. And when the focus is on Devontae and a team tries to get cute like the Bears did today, lining up a corner blitz, Aaron Rodgers just ran the play clock down to near zero, knew what was coming, saw MVS lined up in the slot on a linebacker, and said, okay, this is easy. Pitch and catch. It's over. You will not be able to stay with MVS. So it's reading the defense looking at matchups, and then exploiting the matchups, something Aaron Rodgers is absolutely brilliant at. Uh, I do think there was a concerted effort to get Devontae the ball a couple of times in that fourth quarter. Again, the Bears did a great job keeping the ball away from the Packers for much of this game. But yes, I do believe Aaron wanted to make sure Devontae got at least his hands on a, a tie of a franchise record. He did with touchdowns, and he set a new record with receptions. 
Keep in mind, he's played 13 and a half games this season. Pretty impressive stuff. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we do have an open line for you as we continue. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers in the shotgun to the setback to his right. A-Rod takes, hands it off Aaron Jones, up the middle, end zone, touchdown! Four-yard touchdown run, Aaron Jones, and the Packers extend the lead to 27-16. Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyota-thon is on, and it's time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Gotta hurry, though. These incredible savings will not last. Toyota, let's go places. And Aaron Jones' touchdown capped a 12-play 76-yard drive in 7 minutes, 35 seconds, and ultimately gave the Packers a 28-16 lead late in the fourth. It was a statement-making drive following the Bears' field goal to make the score 21-16 Green Bay about midway through the fourth quarter, but uh, seven and a half minutes of ball control after the Bears had done a great job holding the ball throughout the game, it was Aaron Rodgers' turn. It was a ball-control drive, very well-balanced on offense with the run and the pass. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones really dominating that particular drive. Uh, 55 of the Packers' 76 yards came with the ball in Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones' hands and ultimately into the end zone for the score. Packers OT is presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Tony is in Dallas, Texas. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Tony. Hey, good evening. Uh, great win. Great show. Made my 10-hour drive to Texas much more bearable today. So curious to hear your thoughts around offensive play preparation going into the playoffs with a first-round bye. How much effort do you think Hackett and LaFleur uh, put into installing new packages, new plays, new schemes without knowing the opponent? And then do they adjust those schemes or packages once the opponent is? Tony, appreciate the phone call. Glad we could make your drive a little more palatable. You know, th- this is the first time Matt LaFleur has been in this situation. Um, so I, I think it, it's a question that I don't really have a, a firm answer to because I don't have any history to draw back upon. Uh, you know, historically, it would be a, a lot of self-correction. It would be a get-your-body-right sort of week. And while the coaches would be, you know, crunching tape and developing a game plan that goes in a couple of different directions, you know, it's, it's not really fed to the players too much in advance of understanding who the opponent is. So I don't know what Matt LaFleur's M.O. will be in this situation because we've just never been here before. So that will be interesting. It's not going to be an off week for the Packers. And given what happened last week at practice with David Bakhtiari blowing out his knee, not really sure how much the Packers will be on the field. It's more about having guys fresh and available. But there will be a level of accountability. This is an off week for the Packers in terms of not having a game. You've made it this far with very little to worry about from a COVID standpoint. Now's the time to just keep doing what you're doing. Aaron Rodgers even addressed that following the game. Uh, I don't think it was really too tongue-in-cheek either. It's just, you know, let's keep our eye on the prize here. Be smart about our decisions. And we can watch some football next weekend. I'm sure the coaches are, uh, you know, fast at work, knocking things out with regard to potential opponents. Uh, but I don't think there will be too much fed the Packers' way uh, prior to, not this week, but the following. 
we'll see. Matt LaFleur's never been in this situation before, and we've never had to study or been able to study Matt LaFleur in this situation. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. Now Mike in West Virginia joins us on Packers. Hey, how are you, Greg? Hey, Greg, I'm sorry about what happened earlier. Yeah, no problem. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to you and the staff at TMJ. I've been listening since the 60s, and I really wanted to thank you for the great job you've done. It, it makes me feel like home in Wisconsin. So my question to you today is about balance. Um, you know, I think last year Matt LaFleur made it pretty clear that he really wants to incorporate the running back, uh, game, and we had two great backs, and then we have Dylan this year to add to the mix. I wanted to ask you your opinion as to how the balance of the passing attack and the running attack will help to compensate for the defense and special teams, which have improved and been spotty. But you get my point with the balance, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for the phone call, Mike, and for the kind words. Appreciate you listening in West Virginia. Uh, You know, tonight's a decent example, although the Packers didn't run many plays uh, as compared to the Bears. 24 pass attempts from Aaron Rodgers, 19 rushing attempts. So you, you've got your balance there. And, and the numbers that really stand out to me are 10 yards on average per completion for Aaron Rodgers. And you had 4.2 yards per carry on the ground. So those are winning numbers. Uh, the Bears ran more plays, but barely had more yards. They were able to keep the ball. They played keep away from the Packers. That's maybe the only way to keep Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense from scoring uh, is to have them on the sidelines. But the Packers have both quick strike appeal. They can grind out the clock, which they did today. They can come from behind, and they can jump down your throat and and take you out of your game plan. I, I think we have seen... Less and less over the final six weeks of the season, maybe five weeks of the season, less and less of the offense providing that impressive assist to make the defensive numbers look a little better. Felt like that was happening early on in the games. You know, the sack totals would start to ratchet up because Green Bay was up, you know, 15, 20 points, and it was early third quarter, and a team thought they just had to pass the ball. That plays into the Packers' hands. They are built truly to stop the pass. But lately, they've done a better job stopping the run. They wanted Mitch Trubisky to throw the ball today. I think they were okay letting Ryan Tannehill and you know Corey Davis or A.J. Brown beating them, but they were not going to let Derrick Henry run rough shot at Lambeau Field. That didn't happen. So you've seen the defense become a little more assertive. They're getting their hands on more balls. Uh, Jair Alexander stripping the ball from Cole Komet today. That's an impressive play. The Amos interception, impressive play. The turnover that should have happened but didn't after an offside by Preston Smith was, I think it was Amos, ripping the ball away from a Bears receiver. It didn't count because Preston Smith was offside. But you get my point. They're getting their hands on more balls and more turnover opportunities are there for the Packers than they were at the beginning of the year. That's an area that I feel really good about going into the postseason. They have turned that around. The plus-minus, the turnover differential... It was always plus for Green Bay, primarily because Aaron Rodgers just doesn't turn over the ball, and this team has done a fine job holding out of the football. Not many fumbles throughout the year. One tonight, one lost. But they're just forcing the issue more with regard to turnovers these last several weeks. That's a good sign going into the playoffs, for sure. 855-616-1620, still an open line for you. We'll get to more calls coming up on the other side. 35-16, the final. 
Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers in the shotgun. He takes on first and goal. Throws the middle. Touchdown! Devontae Adams in the seam from Aaron Rodgers' six-yard touchdown laser. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, replace now and get three years of no interest, plus five months, no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I need to apologize to our caller from Colorado. Uh, I, this whole one-buy thing is throwing me off a little bit. So the Packers had a... So they had a buy last year in the playoffs, too, right before that game against Seattle at home, right? They were not playing wildcard weekend. Uh, I need to go back. I need to go figure out exactly what they did in terms of prep going into that game because Seattle was a visiting road team that played wildcard weekend. So my apologies uh, to our caller from Colorado. Uh, yet the one buy thing is throwing me off. We're used to having two buys, and we did a year ago and seasons prior to that. And the Packers were a number two seed last year. So, um, so yes, my mistake, and I apologize for that. So. We'll do some digging. We'll do some digging and see what we can find out here on the program. Doug is in Baraboo joining us on Packers OT. Hello, Doug. Good evening, Greg. You know, it still bothers me the 2011 season when they sat Rodgers that last game, and that means everybody's saying, well, he sat out two games. But if you look at the calendar, it's actually three weeks, maybe two games, because you go into that, you sit out the 16th week, then you're not practicing the next week. You don't practice because of the bye, and then again you play. You don't practice again up until the third one. So if you look at the calendar, it's actually three weeks. So I'm looking at uh, Kansas City. Mahomes is doing the same thing right now. And I think that's uh, a disadvantage to to the quarterback or, or to the team to be sitting out that long. And and if you look at it, if, uh, if, if we get to the point where Kansas City – gets in there or doesn't get in there, I think we would uh, have have that advantage. And uh, I'm just glad it was a, a meaningful game in the world. Rogers only going to sit out two weeks and, and not three weeks um, like he did in 2011. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I, there's always that discussion of rest versus rust. And I'm glad the season played out the way it did. I, I think it is important to get your guys on the field going into the playoffs. That's good. I also think it's great to have a first round bye. I am of the believer that the fewer obstacles in the way of you and the promised land, the better. Because crazy things happen in NFL football games. Balls get tipped at the line of scrimmage. Strange things happen. Kickoffs get run back for touchdowns. Safeties. You just you never know. You never know. So to lock up home field advantage and get a first round by is significant. No doubt about it. It is significant. So sign me up for that. I'm glad it played out the way it did with the Packers having to put forth an effort today. Looks like they got out, uh, today's game relatively healthy, which is a good thing. By and large, this team is in a good spot. I think going into the playoffs, I'm sure they wish they had David Bakhtiari, but they are now 3-1 and one without their starting left tackle, which is also a good sign. They've, they've navigated these waters before with a shuffled offensive line. Uh, Barry's in California. Joining us next. Happy New Year, Barry. Happy New Year, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, I, I've heard quite a bit of conversation about the fact that 
nobody's going to want to come into Lambeau and play and the cold weather and everything like that. And I agree with that. I've been to many a game in December and January in Green Bay. And, you know, the cold is definitely a factor. The weather is definitely an element. But I think more importantly, it's the team. I think people now are beginning to see how absolutely prolific and absolutely explosive we are in offense. We've got literally three very healthy backs. We've got uh, a phenomenal um, receiving crew. It would be nice if MBS would be more consistent, uh, but we've got a very explosive team on the offensive side and defensively after the um, performance last week against Tennessee, and I thought they had a pretty good, solid performance today against the Bears as well. I don't think anyone is going to want to play Green Bay. Um, I, I remember in 2011, the Giants Oh, I think we lost our connection with Barry. Um, I, Barry, I think I, I know the point you were getting at about losing to the Giants uh, in the playoffs. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sign me up for the fewest obstacles possible. Uh, but I will say this uh, about teams coming to Green Bay. Whatever team comes to Green Bay in what will be the Fat Packers' first playoff game, they will be coming in off a win, right? So there will be no lack of confidence from any team coming into Green Bay. Now you could look at the lineup of teams, the roster of teams in the playoffs the same way I do and say, I wouldn't mind hand-picking this team out of the bunch. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't pick Tampa Bay. Maybe you wouldn't pick Seattle. But any team coming to Green Bay will be coming in off a win, be it Chicago, Tampa, New Orleans, doesn't matter. Any team coming in will be coming off of a victory take a quick update a tour around the league to tell you what has happened in the nfl in week 17 of the season got playoff matchups for you as well at least most of them still a question with regard to the nfc the east remains up for grabs the giants could win it they were able to turn back the dallas cowboys earlier today Dalton back to throw nobody's open he slides to his left now he sidearms it into the end zone and it's intercepted by the Giants picked off by Xavier McKinney the rookie gets his first career interception and seals the deal for Big Blue with 115 to go Bob Papa Carl Banks Howard Cross on the Giants radio network New York earns a 23-19 win now they must wait if the Eagles beat Washington tonight the Giants will win the NFC East Washington will claim the division with a win. Winner of the NFC East will face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in round one of the playoffs. Out of the timeout, third down, Tim. Shotgun set, the snap, a good one. Brady flushed out of the pocket, looks downfield, looks downfield, throws downfield. It is caught! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Antonio Brown! Fire the cannons! What a catch! Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, TJ Reeves with the call on the Buccaneers radio network. Four touchdowns for Brady on the afternoon. Buccaneers all over the Falcons, 44-27. to Here are your locked-in playoff matchups in the NFC. Round one, Saints on the road. I'm sorry, at home to face the visiting Chicago Bears. Chicago squeaks in as the number seven seed despite today's loss to the Packers. The Seahawks will take on the Rams. Very interesting game. The Rams and Seahawks tend to play interesting matchups as division rivals. As for the Buccaneers' first-round opponent, I mentioned it'll either be Washington or New York. Washington leads Philadelphia 17-14. They are at the half in the nation's capital. In the AFC, Buffalo will face the Indianapolis Colts in the wild card round. Very impressive day for Buffalo, putting up 56 points 
in knocking off the Miami Dolphins. Pittsburgh fell to Cleveland earlier today. The teams will meet again. Wild card weekend in Pittsburgh. Tennessee locks up the AFC South with a victory over Houston. They will take on Baltimore, also victorious today over the Bengals. The team with an off week in the AFC, the 14-2 Kansas City Chiefs. We'll wrap up Packers OT. Packers OT and Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance, continues after this on the Packers Radio Network. Snap to Trubisky in the pocket. He uh, rifles it over the middle, intercepted in the deep middle. And it's Adrian Amos, the former Bear, back the other way to the 30, to the 25-20. And ladies and gentlemen, there is your dagger, Adrian Amos. The ex-Bear with the interception to seal it in Chicago. And the Packers will take the number one seed in the NFC into the postseason. And the D-Train celebrates. A little later dagger than usual, but nonetheless, 35-16 the final. The Packers improved to 13-3 with the win, locking down the top seed in the NFC. Bears also getting into the playoffs with a record of 8-8. They are the final. Seed, expanded playoffs, allow the Bears to get in as a wild card. They uh, will face the New Orleans Saints. Uh, That game's going to be on Sunday, which, uh, if I'm doing the math correctly here, should allow Saints All-Pro running back Alvin Kamara an opportunity to play if he's indeed off the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, If that game would have been scheduled for Saturday, I I don't know that he would have been available uh, given the protocols in the NFL. So an interesting scheduling quirk for the Bears and Saints next weekend in New Orleans. All right, just a few minutes left in the program. Full phone lines. Let's do a little rapid-fire action and begin with Charlie in Green Bay. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Charlie. Hey, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Great show and a fun game to watch, and I could not be more than excited about our possibilities in the playoffs. But I'm also concerned. You know, the Packers came out super hot today, like they have in recent games, and then they came out of halftime flat again. You know, Rodgers, uh, uh, MVS drops that ball down the middle, and it seemed like Rodgers got flustered. He tried to force a few things, and there were really three balls in there. Could have been. Yeah, I noticed. This, yeah, I, I'm with you there, Charlie. I, I, hard to say they were flat. I, they they made mistakes. They definitely made mistakes, but uh, it was an individual mistake with MVS dropping what would have been a touchdown, would have been his second of the game. Instead, they have to punt. Uh, following a third down, I'm sorry, a second down sack. You're right, that third down play was incomplete and uh, very well could have been picked off. Uh, The very next drive started with a a nine-yard run, and then they couldn't pick up a third and one, uh, which was distressing. I mean, it was back-to-back passes, which I thought was a little curious, Uh, and then they had to punt the ball away. And then it was really the Bears' ability to play keep away. So uh, limited opportunities, and a few mistakes in those limited opportunities leads to a, a goose egg in the third quarter. Thankfully, uh, the Packers came back alive in the fourth with 14 points in the final 15 minutes. Greg and Eau Claire, you're up next. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I was wondering on the opening kickoff that we challenged that went out of bounds, do you, in your opinion, is that a good use of a challenge? I would think that with the with it just being field position and the entire game left to play, wouldn't it be more worthwhile to hold on to that challenge? Yeah, you know, if, if if that happens, if Cordero Patterson is inching close to out of bounds with the ball still inbounds, and, and to be perfectly candid, I, I thought the challenge would be granted. Uh, I thought the call was going to be overturned. 
If that happens at the 25-yard line, I don't know if Matt LaFleur challenges it because it's it's only a difference of about 15 yards, but you're talking about a 39-yard difference with the Bears starting at the one-yard line. I, you know, I, to me, that was worth it. Certainly didn't come back to haunt the Packers, cost them a timeout, cost them a challenge, yes. But I thought the juice was worth the squeeze, given it would have been at the one-yard line versus the 39. Thomas in Wapaka joins us next. Hi, Thomas. Hey, how are you doing? Good. So, okay, so we call it superstitious, I guess, but um, do you think we have a curse? Like, uh, the way I look at it is, like, when Mike McCarthy was our coach, it seemed like we always had, like, defensive problems with, like, injuries. And then it seemed like the last two years when we had uh, Lafore that every time we come off a bye week, we always seem to lose a game. So, like, that that's just my view on it. Like, would you say that we actually kind of have a curse or a way that – I don't know how to really word it, but – would you say that we have something like that? No, I got you, Thomas. Uh, I'm looking at it from a playoff perspective now, Thomas, because we're in the second season of the NFL officially, and the Packers last year with the first round by were outstanding uh, in a victory against the Seattle Seahawks. For whatever reason, they have not been sharp following the bye week uh, at home uh, during the regular season, but I don't think anybody's going anywhere. This will be a work week for the Packers, so not a true week off. Mike in Sparta wants to know if there will be fans in Lambeau for the playoffs. We're hopeful, Mike. That would be great. Got a couple weeks to get this sorted out. Do your best to stay safe up there in Sparta. And uh, Ron and Madison has the exact same question. We're hopeful. We're hopeful. I don't have an answer for you today, but it would be great to see some spattering of fans at Lambeau Field for as long as the Packers remain in the playoffs. 35-16, the final. The Packers are the number one seed. We get a week off here on the Packers Radio Network. We'll greet you on Saturday or Sunday of the following week when the Packers play... We don't know who, just yet. This has been a presentation of the Packers Radio Network. Have a great night.